Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Today we are talking about the doctrine of unity. Every teacher requires the same thing, that the students pay attention to what is being taught. Let us pay attention to this lesson. Christians, Ephesian Christians, 21st century Christians, this message is for you. Listen to the word of God carefully with your full attention. As you engage the Word of God, get rid of the distractions in your environment because when you're dealing with the Word of God, it demands your total attention, and rightly so, because it is God communicating with you, and after all, He is a jealous God. <laughs> yes, sir. God is jealous and He does not like to share you with anyone. He does not desire to have you being influenced by anything outside of Him. He is your Father, your King, your Master, your Shepherd. Full attention. Now that we've got that out of the way, allow me to read Ephesians 4, verses 3 to 6. Are you ready? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Why are there contention and strife and arguments among the body of Christ? This thing we call Christianity is about community, community. It's about oneness. It is not rocket science. Well, let us break it down. In verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. What is God talking about here? And what is the unity of the Spirit? Come with me over to Galatians 3 and verse 28. There is neither Jew or Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Well, listen to one other scripture from Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. What more proof do you want? We are all in this thing called the unity of the Spirit because only one Spirit sealed each of us and all of us. There is no Pentecostal Spirit, no Evangelical Spirit, no Orthodox Spirit, no Conservative Spirit. One Spirit who did one sealing. So you individual Christian, don't mess up things. Don't rock the boat. He says make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, you remember that song, Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me? Well, God has been teaching us that song a long time. Let there be peace in the body of Christ and let it begin with Brother Brown. No, with Pastor. No, with Sister Smith. No, no, no. Instead, let the unity of the Spirit in the body begin with me and you and you and each of us. Why? Oh, you should never have asked that why question because God has been waiting with the answer right there between verses 4 and 6. I call it the oneness program. 
There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. My friend, there is one body, the body of Christ. And the proof is in Colossians 1 verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. When the Hebrew people were going through the wilderness, there were 12 tribes, and especially the Levites were the tribe that provided the priests. But despite that, God had one body of people, descendants of Abraham, and that is how God related to them, one body. Oh, there is one spirit, the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Are you following me? There is no other Holy Spirit but the one who lives inside of each child of God. <laughs> oh, there is one hope. And what is that, you ask? First <laughs> John 3 verses 2 and 3 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. The one hope is that each of us, all of us, regardless of which country you're from, what race you are, as long as you were born into the body of Christ, each of us have the same hope of Jesus returning to call us home to be with him forever. Mm. <laughs> there are four other ones, but I just want to pick one, <laughs> and that is one baptism. Don't get confused. I'm not talking about water baptism, which we have made such a big and unnecessary thing out of. Let the scripture speak to us from Romans 6, verses 3 to 5. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through the baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. I believe we are now on the same page. We've got the message, and that message is the doctrine of unity that is found in Ephesians 4 and verse 3. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. <laughs>